Name brand music productions in this motherfucker. There you go, there you go. There you go. Huh. We all about to find a thing. All about them designer things. I don't need no money, I got mouthpiece, my nigga. Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man. The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man. Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man. I do whatever it takes to get it, man. Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man. The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man. Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man. I do whatever it takes to get it, man. I'm hot. I feel like pot. Praises to the most high. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Termite and B-E-Z doing what we always do, bringing you that top shelf sports analysis. And as always, we going to give it to you. Sugar free, Sugar baby. free. Whoa, what a weekend of football. And it was, I mean, just um, that's really got us hyped. And I'm kind of surprised at you that, you know. <laughs> Cause you know I don't give a damn about the NFL. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But um, man, these games though, it's like, look, good play is good play. Yeah. I mean, this has been one of the best uh, NFL playoffs in years. Maybe that, it's historically good, actually. Like, I mean, because I'm one of these people. For the most part, I don't care who's playing. I just want to see a great matchup, mm-hmm. and I want to see good coaching. Mm-hmm. I want to see good schemes. Mm-hmm. I want to see players making great plays, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to see physical football, which it tends to be a little bit more physical in the playoffs. Yeah. So, and the, and the refs, you know, it's like I felt like they were letting them play a little bit, you know what I mean, rather than throwing laundry on every play. Yeah. But they called the stuff that was egregious. Okay. You know what? Speaking of that, <clears throat> excuse me, I agree. First of all, um, with your assessment of the the refs along the play, and I also because I think they had the best crews yes. working the game. Yes, they did. They had the, they, they got the, it right. Yes, they did. They got it right because for once we don't have any complaints about the officiating. Ne- no, no, I none. have none. Not and and not not once was I watching the game thinking, oh, they're messing up the yeah, game with exactly. The and that was refreshing. So the the level of the officiating and the level of play was equal. The only time I can remember griping about the refs was in the uh, Bengals-Kansas City game. Mm -hmm. Because in the first half, the Bengals were doing a lot of grabbing and holding of the receivers— and they weren't getting the pass interference calls. You mean you mean the Chiefs were doing all that? I mean, yeah, the yeah. Chiefs were holding the Bengals is yeah, what I'm trying to exactly. say. Exactly. Especially on the on that first drive where they got to the red zone, there mm-hmm. was a huge controversial call on the on the third down where they went for the they had two shots at the end zone. The best shot was that second down play mm-hmm. where he tried to grab it with his left oh, hand yeah. one. And that the guy just held his arm. Yeah, yeah, but that would have been a nice grab. You you supposed to pull that in. And but on the third down, he threw it to the other the other side. Uh, I think on a fade, and the guy was being held the entire time, and he couldn't get no laundry. Mm-hmm. Now, however, when the same thing was happening <clears throat> on the other side of the ball, Kansas City was getting those calls. Absolutely, yeah. I thought the officiating was uneven in the first half. In the of first the half, yeah, yes. But it kind of it balanced out in the second half. Yeah, and it, it did. It did. You know, and I don't know if there was some talk, you know, from the from the league office or whatever, but they got it right in the second half. Yeah. And I was getting a little frustrated. Yeah, with how the game was being called. I said, Man, this is a little unequal. Kansas City don't need no help. 
No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they didn't need any help, but you know they were getting some. But eventually, but they were at it came home. out right. I mean, they were at home. Yeah, you know, they're the team that has earned the respect. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the Bengals are, are trying to get there. Yeah, you know, and and they went out and they did. I think. No, yeah, I think they did. speak just for a moment about how you felt about how Cincinnati managed that game from a mental standpoint. Oh man, you know, I was uh, talking to you th- uh, yesterday about the mental fortitude of. Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. you know, not just in that game. I just, just mean period. like overall period, you know, from his college experience, you know, being overlooked at Ohio State and you know they, them choosing what Dwayne Hastings, is that how you say his yeah, name? Yeah, Dwayne Hastings. Dwayne Hastings yeah. over him. Mm-hmm. And him saying, you know, instead of just giving up or, you know, feeling like maybe I'm just not good enough, you know, he went, he said, no, I'm going to go to LSU, earn my spot, and then try to lead this team to a championship. And he did that. You know, but um, I think I don't now I don't fault Ohio State. I think that they've actually made the right decision for their program. Mm-hmm. And I think that Joe needed to get better. And he did. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I mean about, you know, so often now, I think athletes suffer from the like spoiled brat mentality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I like to see a guy who is like, OK. They don't really believe in me right now, but I know I have it in me. Exactly. And is willing to go do the work and show and prove. And you got to commend some, you know, a guy being the number one pick, you know, having all this hoopla, and you know, know, a franchise like the Bengals believing, like, this guy can come in and turn this thing around for us Mm -hmm. if we put the right pieces around him. And they've done a good job of assembling pieces that fit the offensive schemes that they want to run. And that suit his talent, you know, and everybody's young, which makes it um, his leadership thing less of an issue, I think, because he's not on a team full of veterans. Um, So I think they've built it the right way, you know, and obviously the results speak for themselves. But I'm still surprised that they were able to come back out in that second half, you know, particularly defensively and really just actually get pressure on the quarterback because they weren't getting no pressure on Mahomes in the first half. Yeah, and their their leading pass rush guys were, were hurt and, and and whatnot and they so they didn't have their full complement of talent, but they didn't let that stop them. They really didn't let that stop them. Um <clears throat> there's so many ways we could take this discussion, but we we trying to <laughs> we try we would do a whole show we could do a yeah. whole show on just that game. Yeah, on, on just Cincinnati and that game, the whole thing. But that's not what it's about because there's so much going on. But let me say this real quick and then we'll move on. I was thinking about, you know, my frustration with Chicago. Okay. And I was thinking, you know, and I was, so I stopped for a moment in my frustration and I thought, when have the Bears really had a franchise quarterback? And and the answer is not never. Not never. The closest thing they had to it was maybe Jim Jim McMahon, in the eighties. You know, from the eighty five Bears championship. But see, I think that's this is this is my perspective. I think it's due to racism, honestly, because like they've been in positions where they could have taken like a star. Oh yeah, black quarterback. Yeah. that they passed on. Yeah. For Mitch the, the white boy with the most promise, Mitch Trubisky, and just to not pick that guy, you Mitch know? Trubisky, and, and so I'd be like, the Bears get what they get, if Mitch they, Trubisky, you know, like if if they <laughs> if they want to let their ignorance get in the way of having a successful franchise, and they just get what they get. 
But anyway, I mean, so I was thinking, but I it, thought about that. You know, they've had, they've had, of course, winning defenses and they've had great running backs throughout the years. But never but no quarterback. No quarterback and no Hall of Fame wide receiver. And think about in it. In my it, lifetime. It's Chicago. Like, who else should have a black quarterback? Yeah. They've had black quarterbacks. No, but Going not. Going back to Vince Evans, yeah, who but you don't not, even know who not, that is. But not the type of guys that I'm talking about. No. Like, think about it. They could have drafted Mahomes. Yep. They could have had um, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, yeah. yeah. And it, who would have been like, come on, come on. Yeah. He was the best guy been a perfect in this draft. Fit. Yeah. And his coach said, this is Michael Jordan. Jordan of the draft. Yeah. And he said, teams are going to pass on him. Yeah. And this is the Michael Jordan of the draft. Dude, don't be Don't be Portland. Sleeping. Don't yeah. be Portland. Yeah. <laughs> don't get Sam Bowie. Don't get Sam Bowie. <laughs> but people did. He was right. You know, when a coach, a guy who's been with the guy every day, yeah. you know, is saying this, you got to take heed to that. And yeah. I haven't heard him say that about anybody else. It's exactly. not like he's saying he's that about all He's not a guy running around talking about all his guys are all-time greats. That's no. not it. Mm-mm. You know, he ain't crying wolf. He's saying this guy's special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to understand and appreciate what he's talking about, considering the source. But anyway, you know, so, you know, I I just get so heated when I when I think about how, how guys have basically ruined a, a great franchise. Yeah. A charter franchise. And this just, go, this just goes to show when your favorite thing, nepotism, gets in the way. Um, it doesn't have to now. You know, just because the Hallis family still owns that team doesn't mean they couldn't hire competent people to run the show. And they just have managed to get away from that. But anyway, I'm not going to spend too much Why time on is that. Why like is unif- that like a unifying thread, though? When you think about sports in Chicago, there's no good ownership. There's no good management. I don't know. You could you could say NBA. You could say baseball. You could say football. All three mm-hmm. are horribly got bad owners and horrible management yeah. across the board, except the White Sox. And it, I mean, because Reinsdorf's still the owner. Bad ownership, Sox. but the management's better. But the now. management's way better. The management's yeah. way better. He's hired good people. Finally, yeah, he's hired good people. Finally, but um. Not so much, but historically that hasn't been. No, his. I mean, and I, part of it is that they they're they're all except for the Bulls, are charter franchises. They've been there from the beginning, so as a result, they were small family enterprises that ne- didn't necessarily evolve into the future. Two teams that have managed to do a better job at that that were charter franchises, of course, are the Giants and the Steelers. Okay, they've managed and Green Bay. Um, have managed to to evolve effectively into the future, much more so than Chicago has, for whatever reason. And you know, and you could you could you could, you could postulate on that, you know, to the end of time as to why. You know, there are all kinds of there are all kinds of factors that contribute to it. Like I said, a lot of these subjects are, are shows unto themselves. I just think like when you're in Chicago, you're dealing with southern dynamics in a way that like other people in the north aren't. You know, it's well Detroit would fall into that same category. It's just like and they've that, had that, similar lack that, of success. That same tension is uh-huh. is there, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's, and when you're looking at other teams, like yeah, maybe with the exception of Detroit, like you, you don't feel like that they're contending with those things the same. So I think that it gets in the way, you know. It's it's tough. But anyway, so on 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 the football note, we got the Super Bowl. And are you surprised at the outcome of the Rams Frisco game? 
Because uh, I, 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 I was thinking the, somewhat the, the Niners were going. Yeah, somewhat because I thought the Rams were going to do Ram stuff, like <laughs> you know, as they typically did. But no, like you said yesterday on the phone, they they came out focused. I didn't think that they were going to match the physicality of the Niners, but. Uh, that was clearly their focus. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing that they understood that they had to do. I mean, they had lost to him six straight times. I'm looking at the beginning of the game, and I'm like, I'm looking at the sidelines, I'm like, they smiling too much on San Francisco's side. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the Rams, and nobody's talking to the man next to them. They're just, like, locked in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. It's about to be I different today. This, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And the game was... Every time Debo Samuel touched the ball, they, they was, was putting wood yeah, on him. Yeah, yeah. Every time, like, people don't understand what that does to a person psychologically. You know what I mean? Like, you get tired of getting hit like that. Mm-hmm. You're hearing the plastic on TV. Yeah. Yeah, sounds that don't ne- necessarily get picked up on that audio, on that broadcast audio, and, man, you're like, hearing it. I'm like, they laying hat on him. Yeah. Every time he touched the ball, it's like, what? Yeah, they they were they were about it about it. It was know, like crazy. Day. I was like, man, I ain't never seen them this like the other do thing, somebody like this. This is the other thing that really shocked me. If you go to a Rams game, do you ever hear the Rams fans? Not really. Not ever. But on Sunday, they, they were loud. There. They, they were was there. loud. Usually, it's like the other team is the home team. It was loud. It, it was it was like. They 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 were like, man, we're a game away from the Super Bowl, and yeah. the Super Bowl's gonna be here. Yeah, and they, and, you know, and the, so that energy yeah. was different. Yeah, it was because and they said, man, it we, was what they were doing on the field too. Like when yeah. you're seeing your team play defense yeah. like that, hitting like that, they ain't been hitting like hyped. that. No, all no. year. No, last week they wasn't hitting like that. No, I said, my God, if they had been doing folks like this all year, it would have been. Ugly. Yeah, teams wouldn't even want none. No, I was like, no. They come out there, be like, nah, never mind. No, we ain't going to LA. Uh uh. Because they out there hitting people. They trying to hurt folks. They trying to hurt people. They had full padded practice on Thursday, they said. Yeah. So that they could prepare for the physicality of Frisco. Now, that's, now, man, that's how you know that Frisco is getting in your people's ass. Mm -hmm. When people are like, no, we have to be mentally ready to play this team or they will eat us up. Physically. Yeah, this is the other thing. In spite of all that, San Francisco still should have won the game. Yeah. They still should have won the game. If they have a quarterback that's not Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, let me let me do this. Flip the quarterbacks. Who wins the game? I would say Stafford because... Yeah, flip the because quarterbacks. Because he's the type of quarterback, though, that got to play with a lead. Yeah, but flip like the it, quarterbacks. It, and, and Frisco's designed to be like that because yeah. they got a scoring defense and they have you know guys that at skills positions and they can run the ball effectively so they can control the time of possession and all of those things benefit a, a quarterback like Stafford Garoppolo is like more of like a game manager yeah than a quarterback he made he made a bunch of bad but throws in that game I say he made really bad throws, more so in the second half, I kind of feel like. Because in the first half, I thought he was throwing better balls than Stafford. Because mm-hmm. Stafford kept throwing the ball behind the yeah, receivers. both of them did. They were getting their guys lit up. You know, but, it, you know, I just, I told a guy when I was at work on Sunday, or on Sunday, I said, man, I just don't have any confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I didn't either. Not on that level. Well, I have no level. confidence. In, oh, well, Jimmy, you know, he's winning. He's got this winning record. You know, he's good in the clutch and all that. I said, nah. 
I don't care what nobody says. If I'm going into that game as a fan or even a teammate on the low low. The only person I'm worried about is him. It's like, <laughs> I'm real. like, man, I don't know about this cat. You know? I was worried, but I thought that the defense and, you know, they would run the ball enough to limit the opportunities. He's calling. Should we ask her about the Kansas City game? Yeah, put her on. Hey, E. Hey. I got you on speaker. We in the middle of our podcast. We talking about the football playoffs this weekend. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> she, oh, Lord. She don't even want to talk about no, it. No, she don't. That wasn't, I, I don't want to, I can't actually, wait to talk. I, well, I don't, but I do. <laughs> Speak on it. They was good. They was, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say it was a good game. You know, I did feel some type of way about it. I'm sure he's probably still doing on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm glad for L.A. But, you know, that's the only silver lining I got for you guys. All right. You know what? We kicking you off the air because you ain't talking about nothing. You ain't talking about nothing. You're supposed to talk about the Chiefs and them. Well, they didn't blow the game, but they they, they lost to a, a good up-and-coming team. A team that you know, I think I, in a lot of ways mirrors them. You know, I would say this. You know, I would say I, I agree with parts of that. Um, I do, as far as them being a good up-and-coming team, yes. But I don't think that they should have lost. But I do think that they did lose to, uh, you know. <laughs> I think Kansas City beat themselves. And I think that, um, let's just, you know, if we want to talk about third-quarter play calls, like, I don't I don't understand. Why are we, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, why are we switching up? Like, this isn't the time for, oh, well, let's try to do this, let's try to do that. For what? Think what was working. It did not fail you. And, you know, Kansas City got a, this is the thing, I think Kansas City, which is, you know, very reminiscent of a lot of Missouri teams, um, they got to, they, they came off a little patchy when they were starting to, you know, feel themselves a little much. And that's why I kept saying, like, okay, y'all need to settle down just a bit. But they were doing what needed to be done. Now, in my personal opinion, I think that the play calling was really bad. Um... I, I don't know why y'all did. And this is the thing. There was no reason going into the half that y'all didn't kick a field goal. Like, for what? Y'all was right there. Okay, why let me you kick a field goal? Let me ask you this. Did you feel that way before the outcome or after? Before. Okay, so you were saying in the, while they were trying this in the first half. She was saying just put some more points on the board before the half. Okay, because that's the right thing to do. But this is the other part of it. Okay, what do you think is more consistent with who they are as a team, them trying to put that, that ball in the end zone or kicking the field goal? Field goal, because Andy Reid's very, actually very conservative. So I, I understand a bit where, you know, so I, I normally would have thought that that would have been the play that they would have made, you know, and the call that they would have made in that situation. Okay, considering the fact that they were going to get the ball at the start of the second half as well. Yes, yes, because there's no reason. And especially the consistency of how y'all been playing, right? Where, you know, yes, you guys have been at moments been playing good, but if we are talking about, we're talking about the AFC championship here. Both teams are going to come to play. You see what I'm saying? So then why would you ever under, underestimate your opponent that we can do as a team? So you can't think that the game is over. This, you're playing for a Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying, contingency here. Why would you not think that, you know, okay, let me try to get 
because all of your games have been coming down to, you know, overtime, field goals, this, that. This is the playoffs, baby. What you expect? Well, you also considering. Also- and I think that, and another thing is this. Yes, you have an opportunity to shine even getting the ball back after, you know, returning from the half. So guess what? We have our chance at seven. You know what I'm saying? But why not? At least say, okay, go in for half. Also, you, another thing that we have to also think of is in the in the fact, in the case that we don't, let's also go on morale and momentum, right? So, yes, y'all was leading, so I understand where maybe that that deal could have came from. But at at come on now, you know, at at some point, yeah, it was like, okay, if we got two plays, one of them has got to be. And I mean, personally, I and I'm actually somebody who's not a conservative person when it comes to like, I nine times out of ten, I'll say go for the two or this and that, like, but I felt that the best call to make would have been, like, let's go, let's go into the half, you know, at least putting some points on the board for, like I said, for morality's sake, for the team, we're leading off in a good place, you know what I'm saying, and that also mentally would have done something or continued to do something for the opponent. I would have still went with the field goal, and I said that, I would have still went with the field goal at that point. Um, and the other time where they where they scored, I said they should go for two here, and they didn't go for two, and he missed the extra point. That was the agreed, other mistake. That, those were the two coaching mistakes in the first half, in my well, opinion. Well, they also they also had to burn an unnecessary timeout early in the second quarter that cost them at the Absolutely. end of the half. Mm. So, but that was the this is the thing oh, I want you guys to remember. Too many men on field and didn't want the yeah, penalty. This this is the other thing I want you to remember. They didn't have any timeouts at the time, so they felt right. like they were limited to pass plays. Okay, that they couldn't exactly. run the ball because exactly. if they got stopped, the clock's right. going to run, run out. out. Yes. But this is the other part right. of it because the whole that whole portion of the game is risk reward. Yes, it is. It's all risk Agreed. reward. Agreed. Is it worth the is, is the reward worth the risk we're about to take in whatever decision that they make? But see, that's conflicting with that particular organization because, like she said, Andy Reid is conservative, but Eric Bieniemy is assertive. Mm-hmm. So you have like this and push I, and pull there. But that's Go a good ahead. thing. But at the end of the day, and I completely understand that, but you know what? The two people that it really falls on, it's going to follow my home. It's going to follow Andy Reid. We have to make the right call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I I, personally would have, you know, said, hey, this is what I'm hearing in my ear to do, but this is what I'm thinking we need to go with. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. And right. Yes. That's where, that's where you know. And if well, Mahomes is it responsible, when you go out to the huddle, what are you going to call? Yeah. What are you going to tell exactly. the team? Are exactly. you going to say what they called? Or are you going to say what we need to run? Well, the other exactly. thing, too, is this is the other thing where championships are won and lost is situational coaching. Yes. Okay. You get you For have sure. to know that you are, you have to be prepared to know what you're going to do in that situation. Okay, exactly. you have to anticipate, you know, situational circumstances that you're going to encounter, especially in that setting, in, a, in a championship setting. Strengths, actually. Yeah, it, especially in a championship setting. And I'm not quite see. It's always easy to second guess this stuff after the fact. If they had scored there, that probably would have been game. Yes, it that probably would have been game. It would have been. And that's what they were thinking. We can end this thing now. Right now. Yeah. If we yes. score here, they're not going to be able to overcome it. But, this. Dad, think about it like this. If they get a field goal there, right, mm-hmm. and then they come and out. And score at the beginning of the third quarter. Even if even if it's just another field goal. Yeah. That's six extra yeah. points. Yeah. In a game like that, yeah. that matters. Yeah. That matters. Exactly. 
exactly. And that's why I feel like, and even myself, like I said, I'm not conservative when it comes to stuff like that. I'll say, you know what, momentum's high, go for the two. You know what I'm saying? The way the defense is playing, go for the two. Mm -hmm. I'm that kind of, you know, when I'm watching, I'm that kind of person. However, I really felt like in that situation, the best call would have been to say, hey, let's go ahead and do this. We get the ball back. So guess what? We can still run a boss from these. I was about to say the N-word, sorry. I yeah. Yeah, but go ahead. Know. Okay. <laughs> we use it all the time, but go ahead. I was like, wait a second. I'm getting a little too angry. Let me calm down a bit. She going to use car terminology. <laughs> uh, we going to run a Boston on these Negroes. <laughs> and she'd be quick to say somebody ain't built for it tough. Uh, oh, she, absolutely. That's her favorite. Oh, okay. And you would have kept the momentum. And you would have kept the momentum. Yeah. And that goes, you know what I'm saying? And that's even bigger than this, you know, than trying to go for something and tossing that 50-50 coin. Think it about that game, Dad. The momentum shifted when they didn't score at the end of the half and, and didn't, didn't score at the beginning. beginning of the half. Yeah. That changed yep. the, the complexity of the game completely. Well, and in almost every football game. Mahomes at that moment, and it wasn't even just about make, not making that you know, not making that touchdown then, I don't even know if Mahomes mentally checked out of that play, right? Because if you really even think about it, if you really even think about that whole play and that whole Tyreek was like maybe one from goal, you know what I'm saying? Maybe one to two from goal at this point. Um, that was a bad play call right there. Let's not – let's – the that wasn't the, where the play was designed was to go. Play. Yeah, they had the said play that was they not had designed that he, to go there. It was supposed to be a shot to the end zone. He was yeah. never supposed to throw it to Tyreek there. He was the decoy. Yep. And he ended up having to throw it to the decoy. Right. So then my thing was this. I don't even think Mahomes mentally recovered the same way from that play in general because he knew that that was going to be a costly mistake at that time. Everybody felt it when it happened. I say That's when you get the there, you let Mahomes run it in. Let Mahomes run it in. And and that's why I was like, that's not the, you know, and I, and that's another reason why go ahead, you know, get the, go ahead and go for the field goal, come back, and then you could have mentally had them where you wanted them because that level of defeat going into it, they look so defeated first quarter. You I can't mean, have back-to-back -back back. empty-handed possessions like that, Dad. Exactly. Well, what I was going to, what I was about to say. not going to recover, like, so I, that would have been that. That's why I felt like really um, that was a huge shift. And when they huge. mentally was able to block that, you know what I'm saying? When you're talking about a team like Kansas City, when they're you know four and goal kind of thing, and you're able to mentally block it going into the half, they fired up. They like, all right, we ain't even we ain't out of this yet. Defense is fired up, and what happened? They came back and defended. And you know they have a home scrambling. Like you just you just seen a huge shift, and I think that that was. That was a really crucial moment in the game that would have changed that. Well, obviously. Um, obviously. But in every football game, and especially in championship games, it's always a play here and a play there that changed the whole course sure. of the game. Um, and just Absolutely. about any NFL game, that's the that's the you know, that's the 
But That's beyond that, Mahomes made mistakes and was turning over the ball and stuff like that. And then when you start to see that, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know. Well, yeah. but see, that, you know, is what, what he was just talking about. And I kind of agree with and disagree at the same time is, first of all, there's it's more than just a physical battle out there. It's a mental battle. And you're going to have to over Absolutely. you're going to have to overcome some challenges along the way. It's like, okay, some things are not going to go your way. That's, you know, that's all part of the process. How do you respond? Which is what we were talking about earlier in the podcast about the mental uh, toughness of Joe Burrow, how he just kept overcoming and kept overcoming and kept overcoming. And that's the very definition of success, developing the habit of of overcoming. If you can do that, you're a success. And that's why they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that, but I also think a lot of that too was, um, I think I seen more of that in my personal opinion. I think I seen more of that in the week prior than this, than this past Sunday. And what I mean by that is this, you know, when they played Kansas City last weekend, who was it? Um, uh, uh, Buffalo. 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 I'm sorry. Yes. When Buffalo, I mean, I felt like that was a team to stay digging, right? Mentally, physically, they kept digging. Yeah. It just, it just, you know, obviously somebody gonna have to win, somebody gonna have to lose, but they kept digging. So when I, I think of mental toughness, I think of mental over, you know, that's one thing. But I, I, I kind of feel like this week, not to say that he didn't, but I kind of felt like this week when it came, um, I kind of felt like they, I wouldn't say that they were as mentally tough as it was like, okay it started to move in your favor and you rode off of that mental momentum. You get what I'm saying? And when you, when your confidence starts building, mentally it's easy to start digging yourself out of a ditch. So right? you don't want to give them no credit. You're saying it was more of a I'm breakdown, a mental breakdown on Kansas City's part rather than mental resiliency on the part of the Bengals is what you're saying. Correct. Because this is the thing. There's a lot of game left to play. And how defeated they were at the beginning and how defeated that they were, honestly, throughout the whole entire time, it's held the momentum shift. Like, it literally took a momentum shift for that to happen. Like, I didn't see y'all still, because last week, it was literally just, it was, the like, the fight to death. Like, yo, we ain't out of this thing yet. That, to me, is a level of mental toughness. Now, don't get me wrong, you still got to come back. So, I'm not saying that he don't get no flowers. I'm just saying it's more, you know, of a mental breakdown in one area to a mental resilience in the other, like you said, B. That's interesting. But that doesn't mean that he didn't have any. You I can what understand what, you, what you're say. saying a little bit because when I when I think back early in the game, like the first two quarters, the the body language of the Bengals players, exactly. they look like they didn't even want to play no more. And, as a leader, and then exactly. when the defense made that stop exactly. at the end, it's like they came back, it was like a different team. I completely disagree. I completely disagree because that's what I was paying attention to. I said, are these guys going to look like, okay, this is over because nothing is going our way. And I never felt that way. I kept feel, oh, feeling I like they, I said, no, they, they, Joe Burrow is like still in this game. But did you feel that way because of what had happened in week 17? I don't even, I wasn't even, I was not even looking at those games as being part of a continuum. I'm seeing each game as an entity unto itself. So in that particular game, I'm watching because I said, are these guys going to quit? They're That's a young what I'm team. thinking they're going to quit. I said, they're a young team. Nothing is going their way. How are they going to respond to this? And I didn't see any quit. Mm. And that's ex- that was specifically what I was looking for. And I didn't see any quit. I said, man, well, they still believe they got a shot. 
So, okay, that's good because they don't have a shot if they don't feel like they have a shot. That's true. I mean, I will say this. You might have been in the kitchen getting the popcorn. Now, me, I've definitely <laughs> no, seen no. the defeat. No popcorn, sorry. The defeat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I definitely did see the body language. I've seen a little something different. Um, now, once again, I, I didn't look at that body language as like, you know, I didn't look at that body language as like, damn, we got this, darn, we got this in the bag. I looked at the body language as, like, it, it did, it, and I also think from a general standpoint, right, and I'm not saying general as population, I'm saying as in, like, he's the general of his squad, right? When I'm seeing your quarterback look like, dang, we had a good run, y'all, like. <laughs> I never saw that, but go year. ahead. Never you know saw that. As the general of your team, you constantly see, and I mean, don't get me wrong, quarterbacks usually tend to stay relaxed when they're sitting down just to keep themselves, you know what I'm saying, covered, it's probably cold outside, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the energy that read from him, I kind of disagree. I definitely seen that, you know, it was a bit of defeat. They were sitting there like it was over, and I didn't see, um, like I said, I seen a complete difference if we want to look at uh, Kansas City's opponent from this past week to the week prior, um, he was over there like, y'all, we ain't out of this. We, we, it's okay. Like, we, we coming back. Like, and I think that is why I say that it is the momentum shift caused that level of um, confidence to come back. All right. This, I mean, as it should. I get it. This is, this is we're going to have to end this here, but this is the last thing uh, I'm going to say about that. The whole oh, thing from from no, from, from Buffalo to to um, Cincinnati, from the Kansas City perspective, I think when I was watching the game with Buffalo, Kansas City's game with Buffalo, I felt like whoever won that game was going to go to the Super Bowl and be the champs mm-hmm. because it was that kind of a game. And I think also yeah. Kansas yeah. City felt that way mm-hmm. coming into the game with Cincinnati. For yes, sure. you know yes. because they said, "Man, we just had we just had the Super Bowl last week." Yeah, and then yeah. when yeah, you absolutely. couple that with the fact that they went up so high, yeah, you know they had to feel like, which is why I think it contributed to the decision that they make to go for the touchdown. We're playing with house Correct. money here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're playing with Absolutely. house money. So regardless of what happens, we're not going to lose. We're not in a position where we have we're gonna lose. So right. I think all that contributed to it. Cincinnati, you know, I'm not even gonna touch it because we obviously just disagree with how they were responding to the challenge. But I think the outcome kind of bears out what I'm what I'm saying more so than what you were looking at. Yeah, that's true. But um No, I'm saying <clears throat> That I agree with her. That's how it looked to me. But clearly, I was wrong mm-hmm. because they showed a different level of resiliency and mental fortitude than I thought that they were going to display. Most teams in that circumstance would have quit. Yes, yes, would have would quit, have. especially a young team that's never had any track record of success. Exactly. But they didn't, and you know, so they believed. That's pure faith right there yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was the evidence of things unseen. And they kept on, they kept on keeping, keeping on, mm-hmm. you know, so. Okay, my, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but my question for you is this, and I, I pretty much agree with almost all of what you're saying with that. The only thing is, the only thing I felt like, you know, there might be a slight variance in this, is that I never underestimated Cincinnati at all. No, right? she was because scared the whole game. I never, the entire game. I never She's underestimated Cincinnati at all. I also, because of Kansas City, I also know the, you know, I also know Kansas City weakness. You know what I'm saying? So I also knew that the, the tide can turn at any given moment with Kansas City. That's like the Missouri trait. 
But I feel like with Cincinnati, I never underestimated the, like, this is, you can't do that if we're in, like, the AFC championship here. Like, what were you expecting? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I agree with 100% of what you're saying where they literally rolled off of a Super Bowl game and then coming into this, they played like, literally that first quarter, they played like champions. Like, this is why we won last week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is why we're the team that will be in the Super Bowl. Like, and I don't, like, on some little Wayne, show me my opponent kind of situation. So, I feel like, so I agree with all of that. And I do think that is exactly why the play call was what it was. Mm-hmm. Is because they were riding off of this momentum where it was like, oh, we're going to make this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, we're not, we're not worried. Yeah. Um, but the play calling became too conservative in the second half. It became too conservative. And I think that they're, but I also feel like this is a Kansas City trade as well, is that they do not, because, because he plays conservative, but you got to choose what life you want to live. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to live the thug life, you, there's no such thing as halfway crooks here. If you're going in, you got to go in. If you want to play conservative and go play conservative, yes. And if you're not good at balancing the two, you got to choose a side or the other. You know what I'm saying? I agree. You cannot be a halfway crook. I think the and best thing I, that could have happened to Kansas City was that they had got down early. Because it would right. have forced the offense to, to stay aggressive. And, yeah. and that would have worked exactly. out in their favor. So, yeah, the and, fact that they got up early, it, like, worked out against them. Yeah, because, them. well, the announcers and, even said it. The announcers said and, it. This is the first time in AFC Championship that they've been ahead. And, <laughs> well, and this another thing about that, though. And I feel like Kansas City, um, because the play calling was, you know, a bit more conservative, their response was also conservative. And the response mm. also was so delayed. You see what I'm saying? Like, they did not respond correctly. Once again, this is just my opinion from what I saw. Like, when you're seeing the defense line up in certain ways, what are you doing? Your telegraph, I mean, I always feel like Kansas City Telegraph plays, so that's just another conversation for another day. But, like, because your trick plays are really never your trick plays. Um, We know you're going to Tyreek. We know you're about to do a slick. We know you're handing off. Like, Kansas City got to work on that. But... I do feel like you're not, you're also, your responses were so delayed. You know what I'm saying? All they had to do was run two plays against y'all, and you fell for it every single time. Mahomes is scrambling every single time. That whole last half, that whole last quarter was brutal to watch, especially for a Kansas City fan. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it was really, really hard to watch. You know, you're, you're, you're not lined up correctly. The, the, the response to everything to me, I, so, yes, I, I feel like, um, you know, and there was a lot of, why is Mahomes throwing the ball there? Such and so is right. wide open. Why right. is he throwing and it into the decision get, making? When they got it close enough, exactly. When they got it close enough for a field goal, then why? Because they went back to the same thing that they did first quarter, and that was like, give it to Kelsey. Let's go ahead and give it here. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was Kelsey that was making those, you know, first quarter. He was like, and that's another thing. I understand what would have worked then, but you've got to move and be responsive to what's going on in the game. And you're not, you're so focused on let me call this play, let me call this play, that you're not really being responsive to what is actually happening on field. You see what I'm saying? Why do we keep throwing here when there's open men? Like, what, what is this? So, you know, of course, once again, it's a little hard to watch. But um, I think that this was, you know, Kansas City's always, um, you know, had, they, they, I don't want to say they luck up on Mahomes, but, you know, he cannot always be your Grim Reaper. And I also think you have to own the fact that, like, 
you know, there was a couple plays in there that just really was a game changer. And the other big difference um, was um, Kansas City couldn't run the ball effectively in the second half, but they were no. doing whatever they wanted to in the first half. Mm -hmm. Second half, yep. they finally took away the run, made them a little bit more one dimensional. And when they did that, they were able to get pressure to the quarterback yeah exactly and that was a huge yeah. momentum shift yeah and and they definitely were effective running the ball with, with both mckinnon and edwards alaire so yeah I, I, I mean there's there's all there's all kinds of um, opportunities to criticize whatever at this point in the game uh, and this this has to be the last thing because we've been like a half an hour on this okay is um i would be very interested in hearing what the chiefs have to say about what happened in that game. Yeah. Because I know that Kansas City radio, sports radio was on fire yesterday. I know it was. You know, I'm so sure. I would be very interested in hearing what was being said in the local media about, you know, the outcome of that game. So, um, and I'm sure, you know, on the internet you can find anything. So it'd be interesting to hear some of that. Thanks but, for calling in, in today, E. And we never we having, having you again. You on the show. We never <laughs> have you. You guys gotta have me on again. No, never having you again, again, unless we, we're not talking about the Chiefs or the Lakers. <laughs> Wrong answer. I will only be back when y'all feature real teams. <laughs> no, well, we never talked about the Lakers, so I guess you're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. You know, I didn't really call for this, but you know, I always got a second to you know do a little quick game review. All right. But, we all right, appreciate guys, you. Love you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. All right, let's do hoops. Yeah, we got to. We we, we more than exhausted. We didn't even pick a Super Bowl winner. Real quick, pick oh, a Super Bowl uh, winner. Ooh. I'm going to go Rams. Okay. Because I feel like if they bring that same level of physicality that they had against Frisco next, uh, next or two weeks, two weeks when they now. play, yeah. it's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to deal with. I mean, the Rams definitely have the, the talent advantage, but I'm still rolling with Cincinnati. I think it's just one of those magical seasons. Go Bengals. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Hoops. Yeah. So um, you want to talk about the Philly Memphis game last night? What do you want to talk about? No. Well, first of all, I just real quick want to talk about <clears throat> trade deadline. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because cool. we're we're less than we're less than two weeks away from that. The trade deadline's next Thursday, uh, so a week from Thursday, um, and obviously Ben Simmons ain't moving. He's not moving because if that deal they couldn't get a deal done with um, with Sacramento, and they're obviously not getting a deal done with Brooklyn, which were the two primary places Ooh, it looked like I would have tried to make to a deal go. with Sacramento because um, they got talent. So Sacramento said Daryl Morey's smoking his breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which he is. I wouldn't let Daryl Morey fuck up my organization. I, I just wouldn't. I told you that's what he was going to do. And I had everything to use the he F touches word there. I apologize, shit. but man, I would not have that guy anywhere near my organization if I planned on winning. No. And this is the other thing I'm going to say about that is uh, if I'm Joel Embiid. I'm saying if you mother humpers don't do something in this situation, you can color me gone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz I'm not going to I'm not going to stand by and have my whole career wasted because you guys can't shit or get off the pot. You know, so Daryl, I mean Joel Embiid needs to step up and say, "Hey, look, it's obvious that this is not going to work. You're not going to be able to strong-arm people into doing something they don't want to do." Um, oh, well, we're going to be able to make a better deal in the offseason. No the hell you're not. Because there's no greater sense of urgency in the offseason than there is in during the current time. Because whatever deals are present now ain't going to be present later. 
They said, you had your chance. You know, it's like, you know, you got to Mike Jones them. Yep. First, you didn't want me. Now you all up on me. No, no. Go to hell. Yep. Daryl Morey, go to hell. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But the, And I, I'm very, very curious to see what deals are going to get done before the deadline. Now, I was just looking at something this morning that said the Lakers aren't likely to do anything. I was like, okay, well, their season is over. Over. Yep. Their over. season's over. They might as well say, and if I'm LeBron James, I'll say, no, the hell y'all ain't going to stand pat. Either y'all tried to get do something where I got a shot to win a championship, or what's the point? I could just say I'm hurt and not play no more and see what happens. Then you got a dead franchise because he's the only thing holding it up. He's holding, he's literally carrying that team. Yeah, that's why he's hurt now. You know, so, okay, the Lakers, if they don't do anything, okay, their season is over. Um, the 76ers could have a championship opportunity. Yep. And they're not going to have it because Daryl Morey's an idiot. And the way that jo- Joel Embiid is playing, you, you got to reward that. Something you, you got to reward that. And they're not doing anything. So and that team, as it's currently constructed, is not going to win a championship. It's not. You know. So if the championship's your objective, you got to do something. So anyway, you know. So the only people who can say anything in that circumstance that's going to mean anything is Joel Embiid and the owner. That's it. Otherwise, it's like it's a shame because Joel Embiid is having a, an MVP season and um, it's going to be wasted. Well, one thing I think that's going to make the trade deadline more interesting is that Utah is going to have to get involved because of what happened to Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to do something and it forced their hand like right at the right moment. Mm-hmm. So I, it's going to help make a, a trade possible for somebody. Yeah. That it wasn't going to, and like somebody just got the break they needed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to work out, but that was the domino that needed to fall. Mm-hmm. So now that they got to get in, involved, something is going to move. It's going to change the West mm-hmm. somehow, one way or another. Well, somehow or another, Sacramento is going to be a trade partner for somebody. They I have think. to. Yeah, they got. It's, it's going to be a three-team deal, I think. Well, I mean, what I, other teams in the West do you think are likely to to be active at the trade deadline? Like, I could see Jordan Clarkson getting moved. Uh huh. I, I don't could, think he's going to help anybody, but go ahead. I think it would help if he could get moved. Um, I Who think, would he help? I, I think he needs a change of scene. Well, he damn sure would help the Lakers. Oh hell yeah! But he, he's been a Laker. <laughs> he would damn sure but, help the Lakers. Yeah, he's been a Laker. I mean, he would help. Um, uh, man, I mean, to, uh, he would help Denver. He definitely would help Denver. uh, Especially coming off their bench. Like, Mm -hmm. that would help them tremendously. Um, He would help Dallas. You know, if he could come off the bench in Dallas. Dallas needs some firepower. They're like right there. They're right there. And they need something. Yeah. I could see Dallas getting into it. Especially since Hardaway got hurt. It's a couple teams he could help, actually. But Mm -hmm. Dallas Dallas is. Is Portland going to be a trade partner for somebody? Uh. I think with Little getting hurt, that kind of changed the dynamic. There. I just don't think they're in a position to buy anymore. I think they got to sell. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. You know I meant as saying? a seller. Yeah, yeah. I meant as a seller because they're not a buyer. No. They're not going anywhere. No. Um, anybody else in the West? Phoenix going to stand pat? Yeah, they don't have to do anything. They've benefited the most from continuity, I think. Okay. I mean, they've been and they've the, already the picture forti- of continuity. They've already fortified their roster. Yeah. So they they did their work early. Uh-huh. You know, so. Okay, what about the East? 
We talked about Philly Ooh, already. We, yeah, so Philly. Um, Are the Knicks going to be a trade partner for somebody? They should be selling. Yeah. Actually, they already have been. They just trade. Yeah. Uh, got, um, they gave up Knox for uh, to uh, get Cam to Reddish. get Cam Reddish. Yeah, but they they got more they could do. Um, but that's not nothing that's going to move the needle either way. Uh, you know, I don't. I would love to see Cleveland maybe do something with somebody. I would love um, like move Markin in and maybe get some, another piece. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got pieces they could. I tell you who better do something, Boston. You know, yeah. like Boston better. They've do been something. needing to do something. Um, they've let so many opportunities go by. Like yeah, I Danny Ainge ruined that. You trying situation. to tell me that they couldn't have got Andre Drummond? Of course they could have. Yeah, I just don't understand what they're doing. You know, I just I how just, long have I been preaching to Andre Drummond is, to the Celtics? A long for a couple time. Of years a now. Long time since yeah. he was at Cleveland. Yeah, for a couple of years now. So and that never happened. Brooklyn gonna have to do something. Yep. I just don't feel like they have many assets though. It's how are they gonna get somebody? I, well, they don't have any. I mean, well, they. I won't say they don't have any because they got some good young guys. Because Claxton could help somebody down the road. Yeah, but I wouldn't get rid of him. No, for just for the the moment. Uh huh. They gonna have to just wait and let guys get healthy. I I don't, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think they're in a the position to do anything. Is Charlotte a buyer or a seller? Buyer. I would be buying if I'm Charlotte. Because they're like a piece away from like being a lot better. They just got to get... I'm trying to think who they need. They need like a really solid three. They need somebody better than Gordon Hayward. You know what I mean? That can stay healthy. That can mean. stay healthy. Like, And if they could get that, God, it would help their team so much. Mm-hmm. Are they Are they cool in the backcourt? Like, if they could get, like, if Boston feels like Tatum and Brown can't play together mm-hmm. and they could get one of those guys, yeah. that would completely turn around that I'd rather franchise. see Jalen Brown there because they need defense. Yes. So, like, if they could get, like, a Jalen Brown, that would completely change their, turn around their franchise. I don't think Boston will ever make a deal with Charlotte. Hell no. Because no. they know we're, yeah. like, in the same spot. We're both trying to, like, get there. Is Miami set? So they're not going to give them no help. Is Miami set? No, Miami definitely need to do something. Okay. They need to get rid of, they need to just admit that they made a mistake with, uh, what's his name? The white boy. They can't, that they can't Duncan even Robinson? shoot. Yeah, they just yeah. need to make a, admit they made a mistake f- for him and get two players for the money that they paying him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They could, well, we said that before the season started. Why are they paying Duncan Robinson? But now they probably can't get rid of him nope. because of the contract. No, hell no. Who wants him at that rate? It's crazy. He should be a $5 million a year player. <laughs> Tops. Yeah. $5 million. I mean, that's that's bargain basement and it's like, in the and NBA. You, and you could have played him that, and he still would st- have stayed. What the hell? Yes, he was a Division three player who it's, ended up in Michigan and got lucky. It's like, come on, man. It's ridiculous. Come on. I can't stand Pat Riley. He's just funking that organization up. Okay, last team. Well, two teams. Bucks. Are they set? Uh, I think that... If I was them, I know you're going to hate me for this, but I would try to get somebody for DiVincenzo. No, I ain't mad at that. I don't know what they could get, but... You know, I would try to, like, maybe put him and maybe Connaughton in a deal or something and, like, get somebody The guy who I think would actually um, get more currency out there because of his ceiling is Wara. If you put Wara and and DiVincenzo in a deal, I think somebody would... I think they could do be a trade partner with somebody like um, San Antonio and pick up a Keldon Johnson or even a Jacob Pirtle, a Jakob Pirtle. Um, San Antonio could help some teams. Oh, yes. 
They got some pieces. Now that they would need help to be people. selling. Yeah, they definitely need to be selling. Because they're not gonna do nothing. They're no, like, they going but they're looking like a great farm team. You know, they're Them terminally they're terminally a five hundred team. San Antonio and Sacramento need to give some other teams some help. Yeah. Because they not they not I think Washington should sell too. Because they got some pieces that could help oh, some teams. Oh, they got some pieces. Now that team would make the trade deadline interesting Ooh. for a lot of people. But they not gonna do it though. I, I just know they're not gonna do it. They gonna they gonna sit and wait till like all season probably. But man, they got some pieces that could help some teams. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they definitely got some pieces. They're, and they're the not gonna do nothing. They're the Sacramento of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they are. You know, they're not gonna do nothing. So they should they should just not as bad as Sacramento, but in terms of talent on the roster. Oh, one team we left out of the whole equation was Minnesota. Oh no 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 no! I ain't the team I was thinking that we what? left out. The other team that could really, really, really help some teams is New Orleans. Oh, yeah. We talked like, about that if before. they would get into the trade deadline, like, because they not going to do nothing. So, like, man, give these other guys a chance to go somewhere else. You know, and have a career. And have a career. Like, yeah. let Brandon Ingram go. <laughs> Y'all just funking up his career. He could really help some teams. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let Charlotte get Brandon Ingram. Ooh. Ooh. Lord Jesus. Oh, my God. If they could get Brandon in, like if he was there three, man, look, that would change everything. That's what I'm saying. Like, we'll give you Biombo, we'll give you who, you know, some, some pieces, some money on the table and under the table <laughs> to get Brandon Ingram. Well, they don't have Biombo no more. He's at Phoenix. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's up, he's up there. Oh, we'll give you uh uh What's the uh, Plumley? Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll, wait, no, is Plumley starting? Yeah, yeah, he's in Charlotte. He's starting though, huh? Yeah, they don't have no backup. Damn, what the hell happened to uh, Cody Zeller? They got rid of him too. Cody Zeller's in Portland. Oh Lord Jesus. Yeah, they ain't got nothing. No, they got. I mean, you know, Nick Richards. You know, he could be decent player. You know, but they really don't have nothing don't behind Plumlee. Nothing. Ah. Yeah. So who got so the, much for who that. got the pieces to get like a Brandon Ingram? Like who could who could get him? Well, it just depends on what they wanted for Brandon Ingram. If they want draft assets or something like that. Oh, speaking of that, there's another team that could help a little bit. Some other teams is OKC. OKC got all the picks. They got all the picks. And and Houston. Ooh, who yeah. who couldn't use Christian Wood? Ooh man, Charlotte could definitely use him. Who couldn't use or oh, Toronto has pieces too. Ooh, yes they do. Freddie. I just want to see Fred go, Van Fleet go anywhere else. So it, it could be it, it could be this is what I'm going to say about it. Imagine if Utah could get Fred Van Fleet. This is what I'm going to say about it. And when I say it, I mean the trade deadline. I think it could be really, really interesting, but I think it's going to be uneventful. Can you? No, it's going to be eventful. I'm telling you, that that Utah thing was the domino. All right, we'll see. That was the catalyst. They needed. But you, imagine, imagine Fred Van Fleet, Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Rudy. They got the, you know, Utah still got the, 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 the terminal hole at the three. They still don't have a freaking three. Bogdanovich is not going to be your, he he ain't the answer. No, no, no. I said add Freddie. 
I, so what? They still don't have a three. Yeah, but Fred Van Fleet would cover a multitude of sins. You got him out there with with Donovan Mitchell. So how Rudy much better? Gobert? How much better is Van Vliet than than Mike Conley? At this point in their careers, I think a lot better. Is he enough to? Is is he a needle mover? Yes. O- over Mike Conley for that team, he would be a needle mover. Okay. He's playing way better, a high, way higher caliber ball right now. Oh hell yes, hell yes. You know they add that to what they have. Because to, to me, their their issue is offensive continuity at times. It's like they, they have their sets and stuff, but they just need a guy who can like. Yeah, but see, this is it. This is the dynamic I would be concerned with. How do Van Vliet and Donovan Mitchell play together? With Donovan Mitchell being so ball dependent. That, well, see, that would be the difference. But, and, and the great thing about, well, I, I got to give Donovan credit. Like, he is kind of ball dominant, but he's gotten better at playing off the ball. And Fred can do both. But he's better with the ball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and if you got a guy like Fred, it would free up Donovan a lot more. You know, and he just needs to make the adjustment because mm-hmm. it would make him better. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it would really solidify his role with the team, which should just be killing. Just go out there and score. Fred can set the table. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that because Toronto. Then, this is the thing. Van Vliet's not leaving Toronto, and then we ain't got to deal with all the turnovers and all the you know. But ooh man, if Fred could get there. Yeah, but see, Toronto's got a multitude of wing guys, and they and so that's where they they have too many, too many because you got Scotty Burns, you got Ananobi, you got Pascal Siakam, you got Bobby Boucher, you got Trent Jr. You yeah. know. If they you, got they got guys you, on the on the perimeter. Yeah, they do. They don't have nobody in the middle, but they got guys on the perimeter, and you even got guys like Precious. Yeah, you know, so they they're fine there. That's where they have a surplus. That's true. You know, so they they they, they got assets that other teams. Have, Philly would love to have some of them guys. Yeah, they would. I'm sitting here thinking like, ooh, if they could get Gary Trent Jr. or like. Uh, and then, no, they because Scotty Burns, nobody's getting they're him. Not gonna give up. No, they're not gonna. Yeah, but if you could get like Ananubi or yeah. like, or Trent Junior, like yeah. man, that would help some teams. That would. Ooh, that would for real help the Pacers. Like if they could get some guys like that on their team. And, oh and my Pacers God. definitely are sellers at the trade deadline. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody, They've been trying to move people. If somebody could get Karis Levert or Miles Turner, oh, ooh, that would help some. So bonus is even on the table. What? Sabonis is on the table. What? They could even probably get Malcolm Brogdon. Nigga, Charlotte, do something. Come Charlotte, on. do something. Get Sabonis. Ooh, Can Charlotte... you imagine if they had Sabonis? Oh, oh my oh God. Oh, my God. Dude, you put him in LaMelo Ball with Miles, with Miles in them. Oh, my God. Ooh. And Kelly Oubre has been clowning. I tell you what, y'all better not let that happen. No. So uh-uh. bonus go to Charlotte. Curtains. Curtains. They become, I, th- I think Curtains. they become the number four team in the conference. Oh, they are home court for sure. Yeah, they're number four team home in the conference if sure. that happens. Oh, my God, if they could get Sabonis. Oh, my Lord. And Mike's the type, he's like, yes, let's figure out a way mm-hmm. to get him. He on the table? Yeah. Okay. It's possible. It's possible. I'm telling you, everybody who didn't wait till now should be mad because Sabonis is a needle mover. Yep, absolutely. That'll move the needle. Yeah, hell yes. He is a he is the <laughs> he is the needle mover right now. 
He's the needle mover. Uh, that's, that's that it. should be the target for everybody above freaking Ben Simmons. Fuck Shit. Ben Simmons. I'll be trying to get Sabonis. Let me get Sabonis. And I'll holler. Man, I give up two, three people to get Sabonis. Easily. I mean, good people. And a pick. Yep. Think I won't? Hell yes. I give it. I make an Anthony Davis type of deal. So it's like, let me get. I give you four people. Because Sabonis is Sabonis is a dollar. Yeah, I give you four quarters. Yep. All right, this will be the last thing to close out the show. This is Black History Month. You know, it is February first, and I bring that up to bring this up. Four coaching hires in the NFL, not one black man. Same shit. Same old, same old. Every freaking coaching cycle, there'll be eight openings. Nobody gets hired. That's all right. And them teams still going to stay And then raggedy. when they do hire somebody, they hurry up and fire him. Brian Flores. Yeah. When he deserved to have the job. Anyway, you know, so Black History Month, shout out, you know, to everybody that, that observes that, you know, that takes this opportunity. We say this all the time, you know, to, to get immersed in your own culture. And for other people to to get some exposure and understand and better relate, because we're we're talking about relating on the humanity level, not talking about none of this racial racial crap because it's all contrived anyway. I'm glad you said that because on the humanity level, every month is Black History Month. You know, but who, who has contributed to the American fabric what we have as a people? Nobody. Nobody. Well, when you consider for the return on our investment. Nobody has. You know, all these all these things that you're using in your house right now, somebody black invented and, it. And really, to me, that's not even what it's about. It's just about recognizing each other's humanity. No, but what I'm saying is we have created everything that like we utilize within our culture. It's like the things that people are using on an everyday basis. You know, somebody who looked like us created, made that possible, brought that into reality. You know, you and, know that- and, and we're still using it. You know, it's like, how long have we been using the traffic light? Forever. Yeah. Little things like that. It's like, we're still using these things every day. And and and, and it's like, we, but we need a month. And it's like, our contributions is like, are in the thread of everyday life. Every day. Yeah, but see, what happens when you have those, those monthly observations is it gets people exposure to those facts where they may not have known before. Now they get an opportunity because these these things are being highlighted. So that's the um the utility of these type of celebrations and, and observations. That's where the the benefit comes in. So I'm not mad at it, you know, because it all can serve a useful purpose. And anytime po- folks get an opportunity to be recognized and um it's it's always a good thing. You know, and that just goes to show you the beauty of inclusion and diversity, the benefit of it, because we all benefit when everybody gets an opportunity to contribute. That's true. So shout out, you know, to Black History Month. And also, uh, I'll say this, too, as we close out. Um, Chris Bosch made a statement about the fact about the the, the NFL hiring practices as it relates to to black head coaches. And he says he's not supporting the NFL anymore unless that gets until that gets rectified. So shout out to uh, to Chris Bosch 
for from taking that stand and making the statement, using his platform to try to make a difference and not doing it, you know, in some type of hostile way. It's just like, hey, pay attention to these things and let's move forward. Because like I just said a moment ago, we'll all be better when everybody gets an opportunity to contribute. You got anything else, B? Uh, no, I think we had a great show. Uh, I look, uh, I'm, I got, I got some beefs about the damn uh, All Star selections. Oh, go, go ahead, shout, shout that out real quick. I'm pissed that Anthony Davis is on. I, I saw Anthony Davis's name like on like the high vote list, like on the crawl one night, and I said to myself, "How? It's just fans. It's like he ain't did shit all season." And if you a Laker fan, you damn sure shouldn't want Anthony Davis in the All-Star game. Hell, you shouldn't even want him on your team. (laughs) You should want them guys back that you gave up to get him playing with LeBron right now. If we do a show next week, which hopefully we will, um, we'll get an opportunity to talk about the All-Star reserves and all of that. And maybe by that time, I don't know if they will have um, done the the team selections, you know, because the team captains will choose their teams or whatever. Because it's not conference restricted. No, the coach's name reserves. How are Chris Paul and Devin Booker not starting? Yeah, but they'll be on in the the All Star game. They'll be on, but they should be starting. Nobody has played better than these guys this year. They got not. They ain't even got double digit losses. No, and they didn't play fifty games. It happens almost every year. Phoenix, Think I about mean, they're that. the Phoenix Suns. When when Go- when Golden State did the same thing, they had four people on the damn All Star team. Yeah, but they're not Phoenix. It's still you know still Golden. And why State. isn't Phoenix getting more nationally televised games? They're Phoenix. It's like they've earned the respect. They've earned the right to have more games because they're playing the best ball. Well, network executives are, are, are not looking at that team and saying, hey, this 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 team has commercial value. They will if people get to see them play because yeah. they're playing the best ball. But see, it's always taking the path of least resistance. We're going to put the names up there. Oh, we got Steph Curry. Folks are going to tune in to watch it because everybody loves Steph. Not when they play in the damn Rockets. I'm tired of seeing that, that type of shit come on. Yeah, we can always hope for something better in the That's future. That's why I don't watch it. I purposely don't watch it so that their ratings are trash. Shout out to and League they'll put Pass. Something, something else on. Can you imagine how great League Pass would be if you lived in some place like St. Louis and you wouldn't be blacked out of any games? Oh, yeah. Because there's no local. There's no local team. So you team. can see anything. You can see anything. every game. Oh, my God. Yes. That would be awesome. But we, you know, we should have that. Where we live. Yeah, we should. Like in San Diego, we should be able to see every game. We get blacked out of L.A. games, and we're in San Diego. Ain't no Laker fans in San Diego. That's that bullshit. I'd be so mad about that. I'd be like. Well, actually, there is, unfortunately. I'd be like, how are we getting blocked out? That's stupid. We're not even in the same market. Nope. (sighs) Not in the same market. But we get blacked out, and I hate it. It's ridiculous. League pass, y'all need to rectify that. Fix that. Fix that. Y'all know better. All right, I'm good, B. And and Fred Van Fleet should make it over Trey Young. But I'm Trae upset Young about already. that. <laughs> I don't agree, but uh, whatever. You think Trey Young's been playing better ball this year than Fred Van Fleet as the point guard of the team? Yes. No. No yes. way. Yes. No way. Yes. No, no way. And Shout out Ice Trey. No I love way. Trey. Because Fred play on both ends, and Trey don't at all. Well, that's true. 
So it ain't to me. It's not okay. even close. All right, I give up. I give up. <laughs> All right. right, and and I actually like Trey Young. That's not that's not. Oh shade. yeah, no, he's no, just not, not better Trey than Fred. I, I'm no. saying that Fred is getting snubbed. Yeah, he and is. needs more love because he's in Toronto. He's in Toronto. Yeah, he's he's the same fate as folks who are on the Suns. You know, you're not in a major market. You're not a big name. You know, most people don't even know who Fred, Fred Van Vliet is. Ooh, but they should because he's balling. Yeah, Fred is super nice. All right. Thanks for checking in. Check uh, rocking with us today, y'all. Oh, shout out to to E Love, um, Erica. Pl- thanks for coming on the show and um, staying too long. <laughs> yeah, we definitely limiting your time next time. <laughs> She's like, next time I'm gonna be there and be on the whole show. Oh my Just god, to, you know, I ain't ready for that. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Peace and love, everybody. Peace and love, sugar free. Signing out. If you're getting green, you split it with your team I can get it there, whatever you need Hey, move the zip, I ate the whole cake If you're holding weight, you move it out of state, nigga They call me the transporter I'm good from three-point range, call me Terry Porter No talking, no tape recorder Ain't worried about getting caught, I'm crossing the border A hundred G paid to retain a lawyer I paid the fee to move to La Jolla A pit bull like a Georgetown Hoya Who the employee and I'm the employer Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man In the name of show, show, I'ma smash the gas Smoking my juicy fruit in pursuit of cash And I bring the house of pain like I was Everlast Ever since a young nigga labeled me an outcast I'm going balls out, my back's against the wall Big balls, about the size of a tennis ball Shit I'll show you how to ball out Hit the game like a nuclear fallout If you win the dissing, I'm the one you should call out I'm on a mission, player, I never sold out I took the other route, I went against the grain Me and my nigga, man, we the ones to follow We some girl niggas, we going full throttle Got a fifth in Hennessy and I'ma drink the whole bottle Pocket full of money, player, feeling like I won the lotto Got a bad bitch, call her America's top model Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man I do whatever it takes 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 to get it, man I told you, nigga, you know my persona I'm a soldier, nigga, deputy for designer Yelling, ain't no peace till the niggas get in peace While I flip my middle finger to your honor Smoking on the finest marijuana I can find Up on the money gang, we throwing up dollar signs We on the grind like each and every day Seven days a week 24, 7, 365 The last time I checked it was all about the money, power, and respect I'm certified solid, better check my rep You couldn't see through me if you was looking at my silhouette Blood in my eye like the great George Jackson We bout to take it, we ain't asking to say the least I put that on my brother's dead and deceased I'll be a rider till I rest in peace Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man. I do whatever it takes. Uh, I 
do whatever it takes. I do whatever it takes. I do whatever it takes to get it, man.